Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? You guys feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a long day of traveling. I'm going to try to keep it short. I've said that before. I'm a liar sometimes. So I'll try to make this brief, uh, but we're going to go to God's word, so it's going to also impact us. But before I get into any of that, um, we're going to be talking about living in joy uh, this week. My name is Tony Howard. Uh, some of you, some of you older folks, I remember you from five or six years ago. You want me to use a mic, John? Can you guys hear me okay, or do I need to use a mic? You're recording. David, we're recording, okay? I think David said we can record okay. So I was here five years ago. It's good to be back with you guys. Um, as John said earlier, again, my name's Tony. Uh, I am at Chesterfield Presbyterian Church uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. I've been there for 12 years now. It makes me feel old. Uh, I, did, uh, I did a lot of uh, youth ministry there for a long, long time. I love hanging out with high school students. Uh, and here I am, back again with some high school folks. A few other things about me. Let's see if I can show you. This is my family. They're sweet and cute. Uh, my, my son, Carter, who's the blonde kid, he's running around here somewhere. Uh, I can't promise you that he won't try to spit on you if he's around here. Uh, he, he's a little out of control. Is he over there? Is he hiding like under something? Okay, he's, he's over there. So Carter's super cute. He's known for his crazy vocabulary. Um, literally, in the, the car ride here earlier today, he was throwing out words. He's six. He was throwing out words that don't even make sense for a six-year-old to know. We got into our crib. The crib. Uh, we got into our, um, our little apartment room here today. He's unpacking the suitcase. He's, again, he's six. And he goes, Dad, this place has all the comforts of home. <laughs> I was like, who are you? Like a Holiday Inn commercial? Like, what's going on, man? Um, but he's a great kid. He'll want to get to know you. He's kind of shy at first, but he'll want to get to know you. Harper's my two-year-old. She looks cute there. She is a terror. Um, no, she really is sweet, but man, she is extroverted and fun. They couldn't come. Uh, her, her and my wife, Caroline, couldn't come and join us. Uh, but I'd love to talk about them to you if you have questions about them. Um, some people will say, hey, Tony, what are you into? Like, how, how can we get to know Tony in a slide? Um, here you go. Here's some things that I really, really like uh, to get to know me a little bit. Uh, I am from St. Louis. I love baseball. I love the St. Louis Cardinals. I can talk sports. Who's a Cardinals fan? Yes. Who are you? Yeah, you're the best. Okay, um, I love I love sports. I can talk sports all over the place. Uh, so that's really, really fun. Paul knows this about me. Me and Paul bonded over this years ago. Um, I love nerd stuff. I'm a nerd. I can say it. Um, all the Marvel movies, I will talk all day with you about the Marvel movies. Who, who likes Marvel movies? They're, they're so um, I love Star Wars. I love fly fishing. Uh, who likes Star yes. Wars? Yes! Star Wars! Sorry, I wasn't a fan of eight. My bad. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about nine. Uh, I love, I've heard this is weird. Uh, I love the Founding Fathers. I'm, I'm reading a book on. Yes! 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 You guys are the best. You love everything I like. Okay, um, uh, I also love Ultimate Frisbee. Woo! Yeah! I love the Frisbee too, so that's cool. And fly fishing, I also love my kids. Uh, they're so adorable. I like other stuff too. This isn't a comprehensive list of stuff that I like. Um, but those are some of the things that, that I enjoy. I would love, I want to get to know you. I'm not just here to speak to you. I think one of the ways that you'll be impacted this week is if I actually get to know you and you get to know me a little bit. So I really want to get to know you. If you see me and we haven't met yet, just like yell my name uh, and I'll turn around and say, I don't know you. And then you can make fun of me and then we'll be friends. Uh, that's usually how it works. So we'd love to get to know you this week um, and talk about this stuff or other stuff. Uh, I'm excited about those things. So let me, let me pray for us and we'll dive into our theme for the week. 
Lord, we love you. We need you. And we come into this week, probably all of us in lots of different places. Some of us come into this week so excited to be here. We are feeling momentum and joy and growing in God. Other people in this room have the pressure of thinking, I got to fake it this week to make it look like I belong at a Christian leadership camp. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us sense in this very moment that you have us here for a reason and a purpose no matter where we are in you and with you right now. Help us to find joy in what it means to be known in Christ this week. Help us to pay attention for the next few minutes. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So we're talking about joy. We're talking about joy this week. Uh, and we're going to get into this question. I'm actually going to ask you, what do you think joy is? Uh, but we're talking about joy. And why, why is it important to talk about joy is what we're going to be getting into tonight. Tonight's an introduction. Tonight, we're not going to be diving into a deep scriptural text tonight. We're just introducing and defining kind of what is, what is joy. Before I get there, I want to, I want to tell a short story from today. Jeremy mentioned how I may or may not have sinned in a traffic jam. I have, I have, a, I have a repenting confession right now. That maybe wasn't the only time I sinned today, Jeremy. Uh, I'm going to tell you an airport story that I think ties into setting up our talk tonight. So I, I like my free space. I like personal. Who likes personal space? Personal space is the best. I love personal space. Uh, and, and so therefore, air, airports and, and airplanes are a little weird for me. But I was excited. I have my son Carter with me. Uh, I get, uh, and, and we're sitting in the gate today. And again, I'm, pro- I may, I'm, 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 I'm asking God to help me not sin even as I tell the story. Uh, but let's just say as I'm sitting there looking at who our fellow plane riders are going to be, there was a gentleman. And I'm on Southwest, so there's no assigned seating. It's kind of given up. But there was a gentleman. And I'll just say my maybe simple thought as soon as I saw this gentleman was, who let that guy into the airport? Uh, it's like you can, you can let your lot of laugh. Uh, but it's also a little mean for me to say that. Um, and here's why. Here's why. I judged this guy. So this guy, a little bit older. Not that there's anything wrong with being a little older. Uh, a little older. A um, little, little on the bigger side. Uh, and this guy, this is what this guy was wearing. He had a pink neck brace that was way too big for him, right? And he's walking around the airport with this thing. And then he has these, these, the big headphones, like the big headphones, but it's not like the cool Bose or the cool Beats head, headphones. It's like I picked it up at a garage sale, and I think Minnie Mouse was on them, right? Uh, these big, massive headphones. And so that he was also wearing these khaki cargo shorts that were too big for him, but he wasn't wearing a belt. You can imagine what that was like. I'm not going to put any images in your head. Don't think too hard about it. So he's wearing those. Um, he's wearing, like, the, the leather, like, Chaco-type things with socks that probably hadn't been washed in a while. And then, then the, the, the cherry on top was he had a white polo that had been reversed inside out. I'm assuming to like, it looks clean and fresh. But even the polo had like mustard and ketchup stains like all over it. Uh, his name was Bob. I got to talk to Bob later on. Um, I got to talk to Bob later on. He's a good guy. But at that moment, this is my thought. I hope I don't have to sit anywhere near that dude. 
You can probably tell where the story's going. So we get on the, we get on the airplane. Me and me, I am, I am pumped, guys. I'm going to Colorado with my son. And my son is jacked. He's looking out the window and he's like, Dad, how does a plane take off? And I'm like, this is awesome. My son's excited. We get these three seats. I put Carter by the window and I'm on the aisle because nobody wants to sit in the middle seat, right? So I'm like, here we go. This is going to be fun. He's pumped. I'm pumped. I'm going to see my friends. This is going to be great. I'm watching the eye, people coming in, they're sitting in other seats. People look at my middle seat, they don't want to sit there. Darn right, you don't. They keep moving. Okay, they're sitting down. I look up and I see the guy. He's one of the last people on the plane. And he kind of wanders down to my section, and I see him turn around and wander back. And I was like, yes, he's not going to sit next to me. I see him putting his luggage in a thing way up front of the plane. My joy is peak. My joy is high. I got an extra seat, I'm able to sleep. Carter's pumped, Colorado. I'm awesome. That's what I'm thinking. So, so I see him put his stuff up. Then I turn over to Carter. Okay, Carter, what's all that? That's the thing. Carries the luggage. It's awesome. It's cool. That guy, he waves the cones. I don't know what he does, but he looks cool. Awesome. All of a sudden, excuse me, I turn around. It's the guy. And he's right over me. And he says, can I sit right there? And my joy left me. I mean, guys, I would... I said, well, no, it's my son. Let me sit next to him. So I took the center seat. I hate the center seat. But I took the center seat, and he, he took the aisle. And guys, it took me 10 minutes. I was mad. I was angry. The circumstances stole my joy away. Totally took my joy away. And it took me a while until I realized my six-year-old son doesn't care about this guy. My six-year-old son's still having fun. Why can't I still have fun? Why can't I enjoy this moment? And the reason I tell that story is this whole week we're going to talk a lot about what joy is and what joy is not. And one of the themes we're going to uncover tonight in the definition of joy is this. Joy isn't dependent, we're going to get to this in a minute, on our, on our circumstances. But we have been told, we have been trained, we have been made to say what's happening around me is what dictates whether I'm going to be joyful or not about it. And in that moment... I allowed my sin to affect me in such a way that I let, I almost commanded my joy to leave me. And that was a sin against, that was a sin against God. I want to ask you this question. And I don't have a right answer. I don't have a right answer. I actually want to see a few hands. I'm actually asking to get a few people's hands up. No right answer. What is joy? Somebody comes to you and says, what is joy? Define joy. What, what does that mean? You can use a biblical, you can use a Jesus answer if you want to, you can use Sunday school. Whatever comes to your mind, when you think of defining joy, what do you think of? What is joy? Right here. Pleasure. Feeling a sense of pleasure. So like I said right there, a feeling and a sense. I think those things are true about what joy is. Other folks, what's joy? Satisfied, um, then the word she said. Okay. Satisfied. And in pleasure, okay? So some sense of satisfy, being satisfied and in pleasure. Contentment is another word that can be used right here. It's a fruit of the spirit that is, is like at happiness. Nice. <laughs> Keep going. It is happiness beyond circumstance. Happiness beyond circumstance. Keep that in your head. Did you have one? Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> she took everybody's answer. Anybody else? Joy. What's joy? Right here. Joy is a choice. Everything you guys just said is leading up to where we're headed today. So there's some sense of a choice in joy. It's not just, it's not just a feeling, right? 
Why is this a worthwhile question, right? Why do we need to spend a week? There's going to be six talks on joy this week. Why do we need a week talking about joy? We're at a Christian leadership retreat. There's so many things we can talk about. Holiness, grace, obedience, evangelism, uh, leadership in general, identity. All of these different, very, very Christian things we could be talking about. Why is it worthwhile talking about joy? And I want to hear what you guys have to say. Why do you think it's worth spending a week talking about joy as Christians here in the mountains this week? Yes. God commanded us to be joyful. You guys are doing my talk for me. This is awesome. Yes, go ahead. Um, because if you're joyful in like the workplace, other people will um, wonder why are you so happy when you're dealing with work. Yes. Joy has a very strategic, I'm saying strategic purpose for Christians, for what it means to follow Christ. Joy is not just this, I hope I get that. No, there's a purpose, it's a command and a purpose right here. It's applicable at all times. It's not like he's here or he's there, but it's equal. Joy can make a difference. Joy can make a difference for you in any circumstance that you find yourself in, right? Joy, ma joy always matters. That's how I'll put what you said. Anybody else? Why it's worth? Yeah, right here. Uh, joy is a gift from God. It's what He gives us so that we can closer to Joy is given to us by God. I believe that's true. I believe the Bible says that that's true. So what kind of joy are we talking about? What kind of joy are we talking about this week? God's word talks about joy differently than society does, right? And so tonight, all we're doing is just trying to get a definition, a framework. We're trying to create a home base for everything that we're going to talk about with joy the rest of the week. Right? This is our home base. This is our definition. This is our framework. This is our foundation. But before we get there, I want to ask this question to you guys. What definition of joy has society sold you? What definition of joy has culture shaped for you, right? I'm just going to put a few examples. I just Googled joy advertising and like a billion things popped up, right? And here's a few of them, right? Um, this idea of, of Johnny Walker, which is an alcohol, like a liquor, right? Joy will take you further. Keep walking. What does it have to do about my beverage choices? I don't know. But apparently joy will, will take me further. So I should keep walking. Drink. I don't know. Um, yeah. BMW. BMW. Joy doesn't drive you. It moves you. Cool. Uh, that's awesome. Tell me more about BMW. Uh, Pepsi and Coke competing uh, products. Joy it forward. And Coca-Cola says choose happiness. Choose joy is something else that Coke has said. So my, my question for you guys is this. What does music in your world? What is marketing, branding, movies, TVs, social media, culture? What is it trying to tell you what joy is? Yeah. That you need to have it to be joyful. Mm. If you don't have it, if you don't have this sense of joy, you're missing something and you can't actually be joyful. If you don't have this feeling, you can't, you can't actually possess it. Right here. It connects like having joy to owning this product. Possessions, right? Owning something, buying something, bringing something new into your life is what's actually going to bring you to joy, right? Right here. External, like everything outside of you, like external circumstance mm -hmm. is going to make you happy. That's right. What we build around ourselves will make us joy. I think there's also the lie of we create our own joy ourselves. Joy must come from me. 
I think we also get that one sometimes too, which are both, they're both competing. I saw a couple of hands over here. Anybody else over here? Okay. Yeah, right here. Building off of like what you said, that we live in like a really materialistic culture. Yeah. So, um, I feel like our joy is kind of temporary. We have to constantly be like trying to your joy by buying more items. Joy is in stuff. Right? Joy is in th- And in order to keep that joy rolling, we got to continue to have new stuff. Right? Cell phones have made a killing off of that. Right? Right here. In a lot of music, it's joy is our own choice. And I'm going to feel what I'm going to feel. And if I choose to be angry, I can choose to be angry. That's right. I am the decider. I have to. De- I have to depend on myself to create joy, right? So that's a lie. Anybody else? Any lies we hear on joy? One more right there. All the cool kids are joyful, mm-hmm. and if you're not, then you're lesser. Yeah, if you're doing all this stuff, all the people that are doing all these things, all the ads, also, they're always happy. Social media, even. Look at what I'm doing. I'm always happy. I'm always joyful with my life choices, and that can be confusing to us. That can be strange uh, to us. Comfort, success, attractiveness, how good you look, the brands you wear, the money you have, silliness, being carefree, entertainment, being entertained. That is where joy exists, or or so we're told by many people. I want to look at a couple of definitions. I was studying all these different places, and there's a lot of different definitions of joy. But a couple that I pulled. So I'm just going to be real upfront with you. Um, If you've ever read John Piper... You know, John Piper makes a living off talking about joy. And so I'm, just, I'm not going to quote him every time he brought up this week, but a lot of what I thought about and what I wrote down for this week has been influenced by John Piper. So if you want to, like, really think more about joy after this week, he, like, just walks around and writes about joy and just, like, lets it fly, right? He loves talking about joy. Piper says this about joy. That joy is a good feeling, a feeling that we have, In the soul, something we experience inside of our soul, produced by the Holy Spirit. Somebody said that. Way to go. As he causes us to what? See the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. A feeling in the soul by the Spirit where we can see Christ in his word and world. In another, um, in a a Christian dictionary called Baker's, it says this. that, That it's a delight in life that runs deeper, deeper than pain, and deeper than pleasure. What catches you, just two or three people, what catches you about these definitions? What's, what's your, like, that's interesting. Well, that's a hook. That, that makes me think. What about these definitions grabs your attention? Right here. It's permanence. It's what? Permanence. permanence. Everything we just talked about is, am, am I having this experience? That's where my joy comes from. But this is talking about something deeper, something saturated, something foundational, something permanent. Other, other folks, what are we... Yeah, right here. It's related to seeing the beauty of Christ. It's related to one solid thing. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a feeling, it, it's, it's you know, this idea, but it's really grounded in what? In Jesus Christ. It's grounded in one pure thing that isn't an object, but actually is a relationship. Other folks? Anybody else want to weigh in? Yeah, right here. Um, joy is not pleasure. It's not what? It's not pleasure. So it's deeper than just simply pleasure. It can be pleasure, but it's deeper than just pleasure. Okay? Let me ask you this one. Let's keep, keep it rolling. You guys are doing well. What's the difference between joy and happiness? 
What's the difference between joy and just being happy? Happiness, right here. Happiness is fickle. It depends on your circumstances. Yeah. It depends on what's going on around you. So happiness is something that is fickle, she said, that depends on circumstances usually. Joy is something deeper. But oftentimes we confuse the two. If I'm feeling sad or upset or even angry, that I, I can't be joyful. Joy is gone in those moments. We think that. But that's when we're confusing it with happiness. Other people, difference between joy and happiness. Anybody else? She nailed it pretty well. One, yeah, right here. I think happiness is relevant. And it, you, you know, where you find happiness in That's really good. Happiness is something the world offers. Joy is something that God really offers us, is what she said. There's a theme of biblical joy. There's a theme of biblical joy that isn't limited, and you guys have already said this, to our external circumstances. So why is that important for us? Some of you have come here this week. The statistics are true. Some of you have come in here this week having a really hard time in life because you're doubting God, because your parents are fighting, you have a broken family situation. You're dealing with a secret sin or addiction that nobody knows about. You're wrestling with something that is identity transforming that you're not sure you're willing to confess to anyone yet. Statistics show that there's a handful of you that are wrestling with really, really hard things. You're dealing with really hard external circumstances. And I want you to hear this week that the Bible says that joy Joy actually can be present and speak into those hardest parts of your life, those secret parts of your life. It can be, it can be experienced in the midst of, in the, in the throes of the most difficult of circumstances. The Bible says that it's a deeply grounded identity, not, as you guys even put, this is in my notes, and you guys have already said it, not a fleeting emotion. Not something that just runs away. It's not an occasional experience of faith or an inspiration. You guys know what that feels like. I'm so excited to follow Jesus right now. Joy goes deeper than just those moments of inspiration. But it's central to our entire way that we relate to God. Who likes Pixar movies? I love Pixar movies. I haven't seen Toy Story 4 yet. Um, I know. <gasps> You're not a fan. Okay, so big deal. Okay, um... I also like, I like um, Inside Out. It's not my favorite, but I like Inside Out. And there's this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this one short and simple, but one of the reasons I like Inside Out is that it, it gets beyond the surface of how we feel emotion. And it really gets into the life of a teen, right? This girl, Riley, how she processes all these varieties of emotions, right? So we have Joy, the main character is kind of Joy, who's voiced by Amy Poehler, right? Uh, and then you have a lot of other different emotions. But the one I want to zero in on is sadness, right? And so out of the gate, Joy's whole thing is what's the most important thing is to keep Riley happy. And she's almost annoyed with sadness. She's like, sadness, go away. You're not important. You don't need to be here. You're going to run her down. You're not fun. I'm fun. We need to keep Riley excited. 
And the reality is, Riley's not an exciting part of her life in Inside Out, is she? Riley is a, a, uh, a broken teenager who's in transition to another, moving to another location. Her family's not going well. And so the, family, or the movie actually dives into the dark and some, sometimes detached mind of a teenage girl wrestling with brokenness. I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but if I, were to, if I were to say, who in this room, close your eyes, who in this room feels like they're dealing in some form or fashion, dealing with brokenness, most of you would probably raise your hand. But Joy's there to say, we just got to keep Riley happy as she transitions into this early preteen life. Her tendency is to make Riley happy. But as they dive into her experiences, Joy realizes that sadness is still at play. And there's this moment when this sort of hero figure comes along, right? Remember the hero figure? figure? Bing Bong? <laughs> Bing Bong? What is Bing? Is he an elephant? Is he a, like a raccoon? I don't know what Bing Bong is. But he's this, this imaginary yeah, this imaginary figure from Riley's past who's actually the sacrificial character. This, this illustration only goes so far because the sacrificial character is an elephant named Bing Bong, of course. But... Um, <laughs> But there's this moment when Riley is like, or I'm sorry, when Joy's kind of annoyed with Bing Bong, and, and Bing Bong's actually dealing with sadness. Because what? Because Riley's forgetting him. Riley's forgetting about the memories they share. And what does sadness do in that moment? Sadness has this conversation with Bing Bong. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But sadness has this conversation with Bing Bong where essentially she just says, you know what, that, that, is, that is hard. She's forgetting you, and that is sad. And that actually helps this Bing Bong imaginary character in Riley's head to actually be able to move on and to be able to go on and do what he's supposed to do in the rest of the story, right? And Joy has this moment where she realizes sadness is really important as an emotion for, me to, for, for Riley to engage with and it can't be just trying to move her on, forgetting about those things and just be happy all the time, right? I think it's so important for us to understand, guys. As Christians... We have a pressure that as Christians who understand Jesus, it means that we're supposed to always be happy all the time, always be doing well, always be doing good, always being on top of things. And when the Bible talks about joy, it talks about us processing sadness and difficulty and brokenness and anger and frustration and being let down. The point is this. Joy is not the pure absence of hard or sad. So in the Bible, we're looking at two more things and then we're going to wrap up. In the Bible, um, in the Bible, we see the word joy or joyful about 200 times. And the word rejoice, which is sort of the action, the act of feeling joy, is in there another 200. Now, if you look at the Hebrew, the Old Testament language, I'm not going to, by the way, I'm not giving you a language lesson here, so don't zone out. But if you look at the Old Testament, all the time it's used in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew language, there's so many words to describe joy. But it's getting after this. I want you to hear this. The experience of and the expression connected to God's saving acts. When the Old Testament Hebrew talks about joy, it's talking about the experience of and the expression of God's saving acts in our lives. Joy is a response to God's saving so when you hear the word joy in the Old Testament, it's usually God's people together responding to, look at what God has done. We wandered in the desert, yes. But look at what God has done. People have died, we've gone through hardship. Yes, but look at what God has done. 
He is the source of their joy. They don't have to look at their circumstances. In the New Testament, uh, we have this word kara, taken from a word kairomai, right? It's also uh, the, the, the rejoicing part of this, the action verb of it. And in the Greek, almost every time joy is used, it's almost always connected with who God is and what he has done. Okay? With who God is and what he has done. In other words, guys, the Bible overwhelmingly, and I want to ask if you believe this or not tonight, the Bible overwhelmingly links our joy to God's person, God's presence, and God's action. The Bible confronts you with this question. Do you want true joy in your life? Then you must know about God's presence, you must know about God's uh, person, and you must know God's action. And if you're running from that, if you're detaching from that, it's going to be hard for you to find true joy. My last question for you, before we wrap up with looking at Philippians 3.1, we're going to be looking at Philippians a lot this week. But I have one more question I want to hear you from before we start to, to land the plane here. What's the significance between differentiating, between experiencing joy and expressing joy. Why is it important that we understand the difference between experiencing joy and expressing joy? Does that question make sense? What do you guys think? Want to take a shot at it? Yeah, right here. Like the expression of joy comes from the experience of joy. If you don't have joy in As Christians, the expression of our joy is used by God. And I think we oftentimes try to muster up or create our own sense of joy so that we can do X, Y, Z that he's asking us to do. And Jesus actually says, you must come and understand what it means to experience joy. Not from all these things, but from me, so that through the Holy Spirit, you can express that joy and be seen and known by others and bring others to me. It's so important that we understand that. We're going to be looking, we're doing a deep dive into the book of Philippians. Okay, this is, again, this is just a primer. But we're going to be looking at Philippians almost every talk. Why is that? Philippians is a letter. It's written by Paul. Paul is in prison. Paul's writing a book about joy from prison. And he's also writing it to, you know, you have there's some books where you can tell, it's like, Oh man, Paul created that church and that church has gone off the rails. This is not one of those situations. Philippians, the church at Philippi is a church doing well. It's healthy. It's growing. And Paul just wants to encourage him. Hey, keep going. Keep, keep experiencing spiritual growth. And do that through pursuing joy for yourselves. Do that through experiencing real joy. Because in Philippians, Paul is saying this. To have a relationship with God, we must have joy. And I want to—I just want to literally. This is the only thing we're going to look at in Philippians tonight. Is this? This is it. In, in chapter three, verse one, he says, "Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord." We're going to talk about fifteen other spots in Philippians where he talks about joy or rejoicing. But tonight, for tonight, I wanted to just look at this one verse where he says, "Finally, people." He's talking to a group of people similar to you, people that are doing well, people that are growing, people that want to pursue him. And he's saying, rejoice in God. Now, I, this is going to be small. You may not catch it, but I want to ask you, 
What's significant about the way that he words this? What, what jumps out at you? Somebody started to hint at it earlier around here. But what, what's unique? Think about joy. He's talking about joy here. What's, what's significant about what he says in this sentence right here? It's rejoice in the Lord. It's rejoice in the Lord. That's definitely important. He's saying rejoice and it's connected to this thing. He's not saying rejoice, find joy somewhere, right? He's not saying just find it. He's saying this is where you find joy. But what's, what else? Yeah. He's talking to my brother. He's talking to the whole church. He's talking to us together. That's right. He's speaking to a group of people. And he's saying, which means part of what it means to pursue joy is to pursue joy in a community. That's, later on we're going to talk about why that's so important. But he's not just saying, hey, you, find that joy. He's saying, brothers, sisters, group, pursue joy together. Anybody else unique about actually what he's saying, the context of what he's saying here? Yeah. It's finally at the end. It's his concluding most important remark. He's saying finally, hey, hey, pay attention, wake up. This is important, right? He's doing that. Anybody else? It's a command. It's a command. All those were true. That was a bullseye I was looking for, Christine. It's a command. He's commanding that we find joy. Why is that important? Guys, in the book of Philippians, that we're going to look at all week, Paul assumes your joy. Paul assumes that it's just simply part of what it means for you to be as a growing and, and, and advancing Christian. He talks about joy throughout. He's encouraging us to have joy. Now, but I want, I want to get this. I want, I want you to get this. We're, we're about to pray here in just a couple minutes, but I want you to get this. Is, is joy a feeling? Yes, it's a feeling. I want, I want to make sure that we don't like on feelings this week. Feelings are good. Joy, part of the definition of joy is a feeling. But it's not just a feeling, and it's not random. It's not, joy is not an idea. Joy is not a proposition. But I want, I want us to get this. You don't think yourself to emotions. You don't think yourself to a place of joy. Right? You don't think yourself. Why is that significant? This is why. The Bible asks you, the Bible commands you to do things that you can't do by yourself. The Bible, here Paul is commanding his people to do something that they cannot produce themselves but it's still a command. Now, why is that significant for us this week? It's imperative for you and me that we practice something that we can't force and work itself into being. You can go home and say, Tony talked about joy. It was the best. I'm so excited about being a joy. Here I go, joy. And you cannot force joy into being. You cannot force it into being. God commands us to have an emotion that's only produced by what? By the Holy Spirit. The good news about this week, guys, is everything we're talking about it is really the same, the same thing, and it's doing this. It's pointing you to Jesus, and it's pointing you to his spirit, and it's saying, get your joy there, because you can't get it anywhere else. Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit, and all of these little songs, memorization songs are in your head right now, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy. The spirit, if you want joy this week, guys, you're going to get happiness in the pools and doing all kinds of fun things and all the activities we're going to have. You're going to have happiness this week. But if you want to leave this week with joy, and I hope you do, I'm here because I'm excited about asking God all week that he would give us joy. You want joy.
this week. We got to get it from the Holy Spirit. We got to fall before the feet of Christ and say, Jesus, Paul said it earlier, restore to me the joy of your salvation. If you don't have it tonight, that's okay. Because we have a God of grace. It leads us to the next thing that strikes us. How can we rejoice in something we can't see? This is my, I'm, I'm ending with this story. This is my last story and I'm done. I love my kids. This is one of the reasons I love my kids. I come home from a long day of work. I'm not in a good mood. I'm not happy. And my Carter and Harper, my two kids are there. I don't know, I don't know where they're at yet. And I'm tired. I just want to walk in and be like, hey, I'm here. I'm done. Hi, honey. Good to see you. Here's some information. Let me go to bed. And almost every day, guys, almost every day, almost every day, I come home and I look at my, my kids see that I'm home and they go absolutely bonkers, right? <laughs> They're like hanging from the ceiling fan. They are, it's like they've never seen me before. It's like I'm Barney, right? I, don't, I can't even explain it. But ev- they lose it every single time. Why do they lose it every single time? Because they're not like adults. There's a reason Jesus talks about children in such an important way. Because they, 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 they find joy in just being with me. This is something my son said one, one time I came home. I was gone for a few days. I came home. He said this. I wrote it down. I forgot how much fun it is when you're here. That's what he said to me. God is going to speak to us in his word this, this week. And you know what he's going to say to us about joy? He's going to say, come to me. Don't find joy in being the best Christian at YXL. Don't find joy in, in having the best spiritual disciplines. Don't find joy in going at home and having this great new inspired plan. He invites us to just simply smile and go bonkers over the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come to take away our sin and to love us in eternal relationship. He wants us to find joy in that. And that moves us to a source of deep, abiding, persistent, never stopping, never ending, never disrupted joy that will make us people to love him. And it will make us people to say no to the other things in all of our lives that we run to for temporary joys. Jesus Christ says me. I hope this week that that's what we get. I hope this week that we run to him. I hope this week and I pray this week that he would reveal himself to us in that way. Let me pray. Jesus, we confess tonight, I guess even as I've been talking through this tonight, as I'm thinking about it more as I'm speaking it, we're not good at joy, God. We're not good at it. We're good at temporary happiness in the next TV show that we're binging or the video game that we're playing through or the, the movie we're excited about that's coming out. We're excited about temporary moments of joy and elation over things. But we struggle with joy. We struggle with joy. Make us joyful this week. That only your spirit can do. And I just pray, God, that you would open our ears and open our hearts. Help us to listen with our heart, soul, and mind so that you would stir in us joyful joyful people who love you.
I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.